the media show that tries to make sense of the chaos that is our 24-hour news cycle, broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, as ever, lands for which sovereignty has never been ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I'm Jess Lilly, and in the studio, as always, always with Crikey reporter Charlie Lewis. G'day, Charlie. Hey, Jess. How you doing? Very good, thank you. We're going to be joined by school students and members of the Youth Press Gallery, Aidan Sinclair and Saskia Delea-Kyle, talking about their work alongside the recent Victorian Youth Parliament, which sounds amazing and I think we should just sub them in. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I've just, I'm, I'm genuinely wholesale. I'm, I'm in such a good mood tonight. I feel like so many weeks we're just talking about like how dank and depressing everything is. It's very nice to just to talk about something like wholesome and optimistic and well, you you know, know, let's see and watch let's, our language a you bit. You never I think. know where it goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but first, uh, last Friday morning, as it always happens. Um, very inconveniently for Spin Cycle, there's lots of big announcements on Fridays. Yeah, yeah, taking out the so trash. that yeah. <laughs> Daniel Andrews announced that the Victorian government was banning gas connections to new homes from January next year as part of its plan to reach net zero emissions in the state by 2045, which uh, you'd think on the whole, especially with um, part of the announcement estimating the change will save Victorian households up to $1,000 or more if they have solar installed, you'd think that the announcement would have been, you know, a little happy Friday, a bit of happy Friday joy. Yeah. Um, well, well, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you think a lot of Victorians in particular would be quite happy with this development and that's who you might hear from, but no. <laughs> who, who did we hear from, Jess? Who well, did we hear from? by Friday afternoon there was one voice whose opinion on this development seemed to matter to a number of our media outlets uh, more than others. And a very relevant voice, um, you might say, given uh, he was a well-known Sydney cider. Never had, I don't think he's ever lived in Victoria. Um, expert on climate po- policy, of course, and purveyors. And energy policy. Yeah, yeah energy <laughs> policy. And, and, you know, just any issues really affecting Victorian households. <clears throat> Kyle Sanderlands, he had a lot to say. A lot to say. If you had bloody idiots, woke losers and sucks ass on your bingo card. Congratulations. You, yeah, full go, sweep. To, go to the front. You have. <laughs> and then, of course, given it was Carl Sandy Lance, he did throw in a bit of ableism, uh, calling Daniel Andrews a wandering-eyed flop. So I think the point, my point being, um, it's amazing how quickly um, because, you know, a major yeah. policy announcement on something that is so fundamentally vital uh, to all of our fu- all of our lives, futures, livelihoods, the climate crisis mm-hmm. can so easily get de- derailed in our media, and and thanks to the media running with Kyle's response, it quickly became the story. Then the policy became a culture wars fodder. fodder. You know, Matt Canavan jumped in. It was all about personal responsibility and personal choice. Uh, and then, of course, every other state was asked whether they'd be following suit, and naturally, all of them said no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's so we're doomed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> we're doomed by our one-eyed media. <laughs> the, well, it, again, it's just it's good. I mean, so yeah, as you say, like so, news dot com picked it up, Sky News Sky News picked it up, um, and it's well, just. It was. I also saw it on other you know, on ABC and stuff as well. Like right, it wasn't okay. just yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it was just right wing. Um It wasn't just the places that, that repackaged these yeah. these sorts of, I mean I, I was I should I should probably tell listeners I was for a lot of the last week 
blissfully away in the countryside, away oh, from yes. any internet connection. How so was I, it? I miss this. It was it was um, very very good. It, it's it's quite nice not to live the way I do. <laughs> you had a but, man cave. A man vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't think our listeners really um, are that interested. <laughs> Wilding. In, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was very nice. And I missed basically the entirety of it. It it, it bloomed and died in the yeah. entire time that I was away. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I don't think it wasn't necessarily something that, you know, overtook all of the media by any stretch of the no, imagination. No. And but a lot of people, a lot of media responded with the kind of, you know, um, worthy response with which is an eye, eye roll and like who cares what Carl yeah, Sandalin yeah, yeah. said. But the fact that it was picked up as the response, it just it's well, just it, Yeah, it's part of it's part of a a, a a trend that's very bad for all of us. And I think it reminded me a bit actually, I was thinking about going way back to our first ever episode. Oh wow. And uh, got a good memory. I can't remember what happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember because some stuff came out and I was doing the cut signal uh, of Mike. Oh, um, this was back in when Defo Jess before I'd had my training. Back before <laughs> Jess or Najma had had their training on this stuff and I was the only guy being like oh, you can't you can't say that guys. Um, but anyway, uh, we were talking about uh, in our first ever segment we were talking about Pauline Hansen had recently been on a podcast uh, that uh, she yes. had no reason to be on apart from the fact that she was Pauline um, Hanson, Pauline Hansen. Mm. and it kind of and, and and it is that it is part of that trend that is it's so easy and so seductive for so many parts of the media to go this person will get us attention if we ask them what they think or if we just highlight their views so let's do that and and in the case of I mean so I don't think it's quite as pernicious in the case of Carl Sandlin's or that it is a similar kind of thing in the lead up to her return to parliament every time there was a terrorist attack in Europe the she would be paid to go on television mm. to talk about it. Now she doesn't know anything about Islam. She doesn't know anything about geopolitics. She doesn't know anything about what was happening but within various terrorist cells. To say about it. But she has very very strong views about it, and Divisive. and and therefore therefore it was worthwhile. It's, it's the same thing with with Sandlin. He doesn't know any. He's not affected by this policy. He doesn't know anything about energy policy. He doesn't know anything about. I bet he's very good friends with Anthony Albanese, as we found out a few months back. <laughs> but, but, he's got a, but yeah, but a lot of politicians. So, somehow his view on this is, is newsworthy, and and I and it's it's not as harmless as it seems. I don't think to to clog up. We've got limited attention spans, and we can't we can't do everything. We got to, we can't clog it with this sort of stuff. Did you see who won the gold logie? I did, yes, mm. I did actually. I did, I did catch that. Another and I person remember... well known for their um, really educated views on Islam. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, that's the thing that that you know, someone can say something. In, in, in this case, so, so let's. Sonia Kruger, yeah, can say that uh, she thinks that all Islam, that uh, immigration from Islamic countries should be ceased. To this yes, country, because um, they on the whole. This, this, cause... this is in the aftermath of, I think, the Bataclan attack. Is one, one of the you know in the in the, in the mid two thousand in the mid twenty teens. There was you know yeah. obviously a, a spate of attacks in Europe, and she basically said, well, she we drew don't... a direct direct line between terrorism and Islam." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and now she's just won the gold logie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's the state of our media. I think um, we are doomed. Any <laughs> any discourse on climate <laughs> policy is dead. And save yourselves. Anyway. There's a great... We're going to bring in some, some wonderful <laughs> young journalists now who are not going to think that way, hopefully. Triple R on FM, digital, online, on demand, podcasts and via the app. Last month, the Ballarat Times published an article titled Ballarat Youth Take Parliament by Storm, written by Year 10 student Saskia DeLeo-Kyle. In the Bendigo Times, Year 11 student Aidan Sinclair published a piece titled Bendigo Youth Push for Public Safety. Both fell out of the youth press 
Gallery as part of this year's Victorian Youth Parliament, an annual event that began in 1987 with bills being debated and passed onto the Big Baby Parliament. (laughs) Aidan and Saskia join us now to tell us more about how it works and their experiences in the Press Gallery. Welcome, guys. Hello. How are you going? Not too bad. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks for having us. How's school? (laughs) School is good. So, Saskia, if I can start with you, can you tell us what is the Victorian Youth Parliament, how does it run and how do you guys get involved as the Victorian Press Gallery as well? Yeah, sure. So the Youth Parliament is a group of young people aged, I think it's 16 to 25, and they come up with, they're from all over Victoria, like I think there was a team from Mildura this time, but they um, pick an issue that they're passionate about and they write a bill that they end up ultimately debating in Parliament House. So in Spring Street? Yes. Great. It's really cool. Um, And the Youth Press Gallery, we're sort of slightly behind the scenes. We write articles on their bills um, and they can be like, video articles or written ones and I think you could do a radio one as well maybe yeah. but um, yeah we're sort of behind the scenes taking photos and everything it's very cool. That's so cool and Aidan how did you get to be part of the press gallery? Oh I, it all started back in um, so one of my teachers Miss Wright put out a compass post and I've always had an interest in journalism more as a hobby and like one of my favorite things to do is write and when I saw it I was like I grabbed at the opportunity because I love like basically sharing people's experiences and like younger youth members and what they're seriously passionate about and they're sharing it with like the wider community and really getting their voices heard by multiple other people. Did did you guys encounter um I suppose like was it as you expected? Was the process of being a journalist and trying to report on uh, even the simulacra of like politics, was that how you expected it to be? Or did you come up against like challenges you didn't expect or, or things that you weren't thinking of? Oh, it was totally different. <laughs> I was so shocked. Um, when I first um, heard about the program and I was like, I was like, I was really like unsure about mm. what it would entail. And we had like... It was like a two-month program where we had, like, Zoom meets every Thursday night to learn about different skills. And I learned so much in those two weeks. I went and saying, I was like, I was like, I kind of knew about journalism, but not too much. But, oh, my, I knew nothing about journalism. <laughs> yeah, like, in the first session, it was like, how little do I actually know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, Saskia, you do have a profile on the Wheeler Centre. Yeah. So, oh, no. i got to say... You tracked that down. <laughs> This isn't your first rodeo. Mm. Um, so you've been, you've been you're a writer. You've been interested in writing for a long time. How did you come to the to to the Victorian Press Gallery? Um, I've been like a writer for as long as I can remember, but I've always really been interested in journalism and nonfiction writing. So I think I saw this just advertised on the YMCA's page, and I was like, "This is literally perfect," and applied. <laughs> and I like fingers crossed, and I didn't think I was going to get in, but then. We ended up getting in. So, so there is an application process and yeah. then do they select a number? Of, how many of you were in the press gallery? I think there were... 15? Yeah, 14, 15. 15 this year. And do you physically sit in the press gallery overlooking the debates or...? We were in the viewing gallery. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry. We were in the viewing gallery this year and it was really cool because we got, sometimes we got to sit right up at the back and watch all the debates and like the youth parliamentarians are so passionate about their bills you can get some like amazing content of them doing their reporting <laughs> yeah you should have had their german speeches that was like one of the best moments um in youth parliament because it was when they got to talk about what they were passionate about personally individually and it was like one of the most amazing things to just listen in did you see, do you reckon you um, spotted any, like, future premiers, prime ministers in there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Anyone we should watch out for. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, was there... Um, and so in terms of the reporting process that you guys actually undertook, was it mainly observing what was being done and then reporting on that? Or was there interviewing? Were you investigating things? Like, were you looking into the behind-the-scenes process of the politicking of like these debates and how they work out and how these things pass? Like, talk me through about some of the stuff that you guys wanted to cover while you were there. So basically, um, there was two um, like camps What we went on. The first camp was a chance to basically gather skills about journalism and there was also a chance where we got to interview like interview the team and actually meet other youth parliamentarians and the press gallery in person and that was one of the best experiences ever and we like had multiple experiences like we had a photography unit what was a scavenger hunt so they made it fun and but we oh, learned right. about the, like, the rule of thirds and all oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. important stuff and mm-hmm. videography they're basically yeah. teaching you from now on you have to be able to do everything so <laughs> yeah. you're not just writing, you're taking photos, you're, that's the future yep. of journalism. That's good. Yeah, the first camp was so good because it was like a mixture of learning stuff but also just getting to know each other and there were like some fun activities like we did a scavenger hunt on the first day I think where it was like we go around and you take photos using the rule of thirds so we're like we're learning but we're also just like it's a secret tactic to get us all to know each other so... Yeah, because oh, we nice. all first met on online, so it's yeah. really nice. And you both had these articles published. How did that come about? Did you were you assigned a newspaper, or were you assigned an issue to report on, or a bill to report on, or did you select or or pitch your articles? Um, so we had a session about pitching and like how to pitch because it's one of the most important yeah, skills yeah. in journalism mm. about like actually getting articles out there. So after yes, that, be a pitching boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, like, provided us with – here are, like, a few of the main news sources in the area. Like, my team was from Ballarat, so here are a few of the main news sources from Ballarat. And then, you know, give it a go. Try and pitch. And, oh, great. Yeah. And and did you find – how did you find working with an editor from the kind of – the quote-unquote the real world of journalism where they were going oh, – did you guys get good feedback? Did you guys get useful sort of input into your pieces that you could action and then make them stronger? Yeah. yeah. Um, so – I had actually wrote two articles, and the Benigo Times by far was the best editor. The other one started off good. Then Let's com- not mention the <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. no, Don't no. burn any bridges on our account. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it was really good. Like they had great feedback, and they really made it a lot. Like they were really easy to work with. Actually, mm. they were really like open, and we like I pitched to multiple news article places, and it was like good to hear back. Mm. And. You, yeah, it was amazing, really. I was so shocked. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, don't get used to it, buddy. Rejection is part of the process. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. True. There's no right of saying, which is you have to be able to cover your walls and rejection notes. Yeah, and don't worry. It's I good got, for you to do it. I got rejected. But, you know, <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> and, and what do you think uh, coming out of it, you know, what what was the your lasting impression, I guess, of, um, you know, of the role of journalism in in the political landscape? as a result of this experience? Oh, I'm not sure. I feel like I learned that there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than we're actually aware of. Like, we just, we see it on the news, but we don't know how much is actually going on, like, Mm. how much preparation you have to do to see that. Yeah, it was just really interesting to learn about all of the behind the scenes stuff that we're not aware of, but actually happens. Mm. And what about you, Aiden? Yeah, I was was really shocked about the behind the scenes as well, actually. I really thought that, because when I was doing it, I'm like, there's so much more to journalism than I first thought. And, and I was, like, really looking into it and see how much people actually do and how to gather all this information and how it really, like, writing an article and you, like, you basically get to share experiences of other people with mm. the wider community and it really shows, like, yeah. 
I'm, and and I, I guess I mean I, I feel like probably we've 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 answered this already, but I would like to get like an explicit kind of answer. Do you feel that going through this process, and this is for both of you, has 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 strengthened your your desire to become nonfiction writers or, or journalists in the future, or do you think that's something that you could oh, see yourselves doing? Absolutely. Like I was on the second day of the program, and I was like, I'm reapplying next year. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, you know, Caleb Bond was writing a column when he was 16 at the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe that's very, very specific. Very, <laughs> very facetious of me. But And do you guys have um, school newspapers that you can take those learnings back to? What, what outlets... Are there enough outlets have you found or do you think there are outlets now for young people like yourselves who want to sort of practice journalism and, as you said, Aidan, reporting on, on people's experience and lives and sto- telling those stories. Do you feel like there's enough outlets for you or are there any? Um, I feel like there are quite... There are, I mean, not as much as one, like, as a young person would hope, but there are quite a few out there, not specifically non-fiction ones, but a lot of fiction ones as well for young people, like VoiceWorks mm. or The Wheeler Centre. I think it's, mm. it's my job to hype them up. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like there are a lot of resources out there that young people can use. You've just sort of got to know where to go, which is kind of difficult. But, mm. um, yeah, if you know what you're looking for, sometimes it's, it's quite good. Yeah, it's really about publicising it. Like, they're, they're out there. You just don't know they're out there. Is there anything in your school that encourages reporting or journalism? Is there something that you can, you know... Because I remember when I was at school, we had a school paper. It wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> but it was there. I took photos. <laughs> yeah, so there's a school newspaper at our school as well, actually. It happens once a month, and it's basically to share, like achievements of students mm, it's not journalism it's yeah it's not in, in the same sense of yeah. what you guys were doing before mm. yeah yeah and i guess like um in terms of uh, uh your your writing or, or the, the multimedia kind of uh areas like what's next for you guys are you guys thinking of other places that you might try and start pitching are you thinking about charlie's at cracky uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll give uh, him yeah. your email yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, please yeah. do. <laughs> guys can, honestly please do <laughs> <laughs> So apart from Craig, you <laughs> um, Oh, I'm not sure. Like, sort of where to next steps. I'm definitely going to reapply next year because it was, like, one of the greatest experiences in my life and it's so fun because you learn so much. But um, schoolwork is pretty keeps you pretty busy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just about to get into VCE, so I think I might need to <laughs> yeah. focus on schoolwork for and a bit. And you're already there, Aidan, yeah. so God bless. Oh, Good luck. The IB program, <laughs> putting me in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't become a freelance writer on top of that. <laughs> I think um, that's a tall order, but um, it's been so gr- great to meet you guys. Aidan Sinclair and Saskia Delea Kyle, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so and much for having us. Well done getting your um, first byline. Yeah, honestly, that is, a, that is genuinely a big deal. I didn't get my first byline until I was 30. <laughs> thank <laughs> so. you. And that's a story for the firelight session. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> that's um, when you're not in next week. I'll tell that whole story. No one can stop me. <laughs> Melbourne's own. Triple R. I'm still just smiling ear to ear from that great um, chat with Aidan and yeah, I, I almost Saskia and I can't wait to hear more from them. No, I, I've got to say I almost don't want to get into the kind of um, back to the complainies vibes of the show because, however, I'm in such a good mood because of that chat. That was uh, yeah, really heartening. It's always very heartening <laughs> to see people who are young and passionate and will will make our industry better. Um, Yes. Um, But. But. (laughs) 
Uh, back to reality. So a familiar voice has been missing from the ABC airwaves. Um, there was a little bit of contention about where she'd gone and what she was doing and it was a bit confusing. Apparently she it was temporary and she was coming back. But now it's um, it's become clear that she's gone for good. Can mm-hmm. you please fill us in on the details? Yeah, I mean I have to there's there has to be a few caveats with this one because a lot of it is um, on background sort of record, uh, reporting and that hasn't been confirmed explicitly by um, by the ABC or, or the parties involved. Uh, but essentially, uh, Nicole Schwazdek, um, who has was a uh, regional statewide drive um, uh, program host for like a decade uh, in regional Victoria. And I think the, the, a point that – so this is a piece that my, my colleague David Hardacre did and um, it's a, a point that it makes I think really important to always remember is that – Particular, I mean, this is true of every regional journal who stays in a regional spot for long enough. But it's particularly true of the ABC. It, you, it's a different role to just being mm. a, a, you know, a, a kind of common flack. You are, you are a, a really sort, familiar face. You're a familiar, a familiar face. Familiar you, you, voice. You, you, yeah, you are, you are a part of that community to some degree. Um, I, I, have, I have friends who who graduated around the same time as I did, and they went to you know regional spots in in WA, and it was. They were like they were like a town, the town doctor or the town like they were mm. they were a part of that community. Um, so I think that's, that's an important kind of context for this. But I'm thinking sh- northern exposure. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably too young for that show. Right? <laughs> I, I didn't want to say. <laughs> I know the name, but I don't know what it was about. I have just aged myself. Something <laughs> shocking. Anyway, my Twin Peaks alumni will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so essentially, uh, the 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 allegations behind this, and again, this is this is this is still alleged at this stage and not confirmed, is that uh, Nicole's uh, coverage of, of, of the floods in that area um, recently, uh, sort of in March 2022, um, essentially uh, her coverage of that was considered too uh, hard on liberals, or, or at least this is the, the, the allegation is that Darren Chester, a Nationals MP, one actually who is quite in other contexts, quite a quite a competent and decent guy, but the allegation is is that he called the the office basically and said, "You guys have got to get a liberal on to balance out this reporting because it's it's not fair on us." They'd had a they'd had a Labour MP on Justine Elliott to basically talk about how um, cold blooded and mean the the federal government response had been to to the flooding in that area. Was that factually correct? Well, I mean, phrases like cold blooded and mean can never be. Factually oh, is that checked. what she said? The, the the thing that uh, again I, I don't know how many times I have to say the word allegedly but 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 from what and from what we understand the thing that really w- did for uh, Shavzdek was that she said would you consider this quite a cold blooded policy uh, and that okay. allowed the the, uh, the the Labour MP Justin Elliott to kind of jump off that point and, and say yes I do actually I think it's very cold blooded. Um, oh, so dear. essentially after that and and the, 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 again they had asked. Uh, I believe Bridget McKenzie and various other conservative politicians to come on the show and they hadn't been able to. Um, and there was, and it appears that that was the real, the seed of a real dispute that kind of this raged is, on and There on. is, I mean, you have to look at this in context as well. There's an incredibly long history of um, um, <clears throat> the, you know, right wing and Liberal Party MPs and their staffers just responding to any perceived bias within the ABC, yeah, yeah. instantly calling the producers, instantly calling, you know... And all the public broadcasts as well. I mean, the, the, the other famous one is obviously uh, the, the reporter from uh, SBS who 
Malcolm Turnbull personally called and yeah. asked was was given the hump. Um, it, it is. Inf- it's actually something that we probably should talk about more with someone at some point. Even you know, young sort of reporters that I talk to every now and then, especially in an election cycle, if they're covering a particular area, they are constantly bombarded with text messages and voicemails from local MPs, not just mm-hmm. their staffers. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's they're they're made incredibly aware that they're everything that they're doing and saying and writing yeah. or reporting is being watched incredibly closely yeah, and yeah. that's just par for the course as part say, of the that, job that, that is uh, yeah. unfo- that is the that is the reality of, most, of the gig you yeah. do have to make sure you have to be ready for them to call you and say you've you've made an error there perhaps in less less well, polite terms I mean, there's something different about going over someone's head 100% and, and especially no, yeah. the way that the ABC responds to it as well or the way or the, the machinations the of it do, within yeah. the ABC or the or or the I guess the um the perceived response from the ABC this this desperate need to to demonstrate a lack of any kind of bias yeah yeah but that appears to have led to a chain of results uh basically uh she was off the air for 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 several months and uh the understanding was that that, that she would return then i think in may so originally they they put out a notice saying she's coming back the studio's being (laughs) (laughs) refurbished which is a real kicking the can down the road kind of a comment, (laughs) i.e. their legal proceedings are underway, Uh, we're not sure what the outcome will be. (laughs) Yeah, well, and then as as, as Craig reported back in May, um, she had lodged a bullying claim against the employer and and now she has since resigned. There's obviously been some kind of settlement confidentially Mm. reached Mm. behind the scenes. But it just, it is, again, it's a constant reminder of not, of, 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 yeah, of what we've been talking about, the the idea that, you know, you, you have to be ready to receive pretty harsh feedback from the people who the people in power to whom you're holding account and you have to hope that the people above you are going to going to back you yeah you know, are going to um, support you i mean yeah. i think that's that's the thing you know it is a really tough um job in terms of you know if you if you are reporting you you're going to speak truth to power if you're mm. going to hold a flame to to people, then you it's you're in a vulnerable position. You, oh, you, you are. Need you need your employer to have your back. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's doubly true uh, when the purse, the people that you're holding to account, also hold the purse strings and yeah. control how much money that your your employer gets. I mean, so if 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 and in an, Anthony in Albanese a, in a calls disaster these, for your yeah. local community too, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Anthony Albanese calls the Australian and says, this is absolute slander that you guys are putting about me, they can say, well, best of luck in the coming election, sir. <laughs> our people will still keep buying our paper and we'll be fine. Um, and, you know, if if I if you know if we get a call from and as we very frequently do from someone saying that we've been unfair on from them from Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> uh, no 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 Rupert never no Rupert famously Lachlan Murdoch. I have no lawyers, knowledge of, of any such call. And, and, if your lot of lawyers uh, get a call from uh, Lachlan, I'm going to let that one through to the keeper, Jess. Um, <laughs> but the, yeah, but 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 the point is, we we have the the obvious thing of saying, well, you know, we're going to stand by our reporting, and and if you don't like it, that's that's uh, that's none of our concern. But the, the ABC doesn't really have that that. Mm. Uh, luxury. At least they certainly don't act like they do. Mm. Um, they, they are. They yeah. They rely on government to 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 fund the work that they do, and that that can put journalists in particular in a very very difficult position. And it goes it goes back to um, to you know a, a long lo- much longer conversation that we've been having here um, our, ourselves and with with guests about um, 
the current state of the ABC and who's yeah, yeah, you know yeah. who's calling the shots and who's mm. deciding um, on uh, you know on on all uh, you know who was it? It was our guest, our old friend Dennis Muller, Dennis, yeah. Dennis Muller. who actually is is is, is uh, quite quite across this story and, and was was quoted in the piece. Yes, he spends quite a lot of time in in that particular ABC office. So yeah, and he's very strident point of view, was <laughs> very forthright. Yeah, sack them all. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't sweep the board out <laughs> and get a whole new board. I mean, I don't think we should. I mean, he can take care of himself. We shouldn't verbal him, but yes, he, that's... listen. I'll go back and relive. Listen to the tape, Charlie, because I thought that was pretty good when he said that. Triple R. Every little while we get the joy of an old hot mic episode where a bunch of dudes uh, chewing the fat and completely miss the massive oversized... Fuzzy bank of microphones right in front of their pie holes <laughs> and say some shit that gets them into deep trouble. Um, this time, you know, it's not as, say, globally consequential as um, Trump's grab em conversation. Mm. However, uh, it's enough to... Um, to put the fear into any journalist, what happened, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, it's the. It, I think there's like there are certain phrases that if you've been working in the media for a while, that just bring you out, or I just like any just like genuinely public facing role is that you just kind of have like a, a moment of existential dread when you hear them, and you kind of like cold sweat forms on your brow. Uh, one of them is text read in court, <laughs> um, and another one is yes, caught on a hot mic saying mm. X. In in this case, um, it was or the... yeah yeah like your WhatsApp messages have been subpoenaed. Yeah yeah exactly exactly uh... <laughs> because there's always something there's always yeah, the, something. The group chat has been <laughs> subpoenaed. What was that um, X? Oh, bad art, bad art friends. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! And oh. then we just still keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, all, we think we're so our witticisms. We, yeah, yeah. We think oh that'll that'll hold up. <laughs> <laughs> no one will take that out of context. Just, I'm actually having getting hives breaking out of the idea of some of my group chats going public. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. What happened in well, this, in this case, We haven't quite yeah. we haven't sorry, quite we haven't to set, the nub of this conversation at all. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, so it was the ABC's uh, Stephen uh, Jezik, uh, nines the nine papers uh, Matthew Knott, and the Australian uh, Ben Packham, and they were basically uh, waiting. Um, it was in the lead up to a press conference with um, Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong and the US Secretary of State uh, Anthony Blinken, who was visiting, and they hadn't arrived yet. So it was just the journalists kind of shooting the shit while they were waiting for those guys to arrive. And again, it is the, as you sort of said, it is amazing how often people who have got years of media experience uh, just forget that a bank of microphones, just because you're not looking directly at them or speaking directly into them, they're still on and they still might be able to pick it up. And also this was a live broadcast. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, well, yeah, yeah. That, that, the... the, the um, the the dramatic irony of the whole thing is they talk a little bit about leaks. We'll get into that actually in a second. Yeah. Um, but essentially, yeah. So so she, he he was caught. Uh, the ABC's Jizek was was caught uh, describing a News Corp sort of star reporter uh, Sherry Markson as a pit bull, and I think he used the word unhinged, so unhinged, like he used that quite a few times to mm. describe her. I think which you know, I need to just yeah. um, 
I'm going to be one of those bloody woke dickheads that Kyle Sandilands <laughs> so um, oh, yeah, yeah. generously calls people from the South. Um, it is like it, there's something kind of, you know, gendered about a journalist, a guy journalist talking to a couple of other guy journalists and describing a female journalist as unhinged, unhinged yeah. and a pit bull. I, However, I think, it's Sheree, yeah. I mean, you know, as, uh, uh, the fact yeah. that it's Sheree Markson aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think, I mean, oh God, I, I, you know, I can't talk to what was in their hearts when they were having this conversation. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my general my general kind of vibe with the word, with the, the phrase, when you describe a, a journalist as a pit bull, I think that's generally considered a, a, a term of respect, a term of, it's someone that will, that will not let go of something until they've they've got a hold of it. They yes. will they will chase that story and relentlessly. There's a, there's a there's a zeal about that journal. Unhinged is not that. You know, I, th- yeah. I think I could I could you, you could um, you could defend Pitbull. I don't think you could defend Unhinged in the same sort of way. The the subject was um, I mean one of you know Sheree Markson's um, favorite favored topics that she has been incredibly relentless about is the origin of COVID-19 and the theory that it was somehow related to a leak. It was was manufactured in a lab and was either leaked deliberately or otherwise Mm. uh, into the, into the population. Um, And there's still, you know, there's still a lot of conflicting views on the, 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 uh, the origin, the origin and also the, the, yeah, the strength of, of that particular theory, uh, in this case, they are discussing it as though they believe that there might be some weight to it. They're saying that, and that that was actually the the kicker of this is she's so unhinged, but she may be right on this one. He looks very young, Stephen. He do, he does look <laughs> unwholesomely young. Um, I actually don't know how old He's, he is. I, I, I'm I looking at a, a photo on I think it's um, a piece Sam Maiden wrote about actually, and it's a um, a photo of his portrait, and I just. My poor, I, it's like my heart bleeds a little bit because <laughs> he looks like he's fresh out of journalism school. I don't like actually he, think he is. He's been around a really? while. Yeah, he's 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 very young looking, but but he he's, looks like he's, a baby. Yeah, I, 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 maybe like a lot of journalists, he doesn't see much daylight. There's no <laughs> vitamin D there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's having a bad enough week. I don't know if you've got a bloody... <laughs> but, anyway. Um, yeah, no, he's a relatively senior journalist. He's, he's uh, yeah, he, he's yeah. doing just fine in that, in that oh, way. Okay. Um, oh, there you go. But it does, I mean, and, and that is the thing is that is the, the, the hot mic incident, even more so than text read in court or, or leaked emails or whatever, that is such an ongoing, like, as you, as you sort of say, it's, it's amazing how often it happens. Um, I wrote a little thing about it, kind of going through some of the some of the big hits. And as, as you mentioned, I mean, you say that the the Trump one was globally consequential. It, well, it, all it proved was that how much everyone doesn't v- care, doesn't really care about this stuff if, yeah. if they think other things, other um, other things are being served. But yeah, I mean, the, the one that obviously we always think of is is uh, uh, Peter Dutton. Um, oh yes, joking about the the, the soon to in, happen inundation of various Pacific Islands that rely on us for their help. Um, while And it was, you know, future Prime Minister Scott Morrison, who was the real the real sharp cat among those guys, who said, actually, guys, there's a boom mic up there. <laughs> yeah, and yes, Dutton was joking. Um, time doesn't mean anything when you're, you know, about to have water lapping at your door. Yeah. I, Just I, demonstrated the empathy that comes from, the, the other that thing emanates that, from that man. The other thing that absolutely blows me away about this, no one, it doesn't really come up that much. People talk about how callous it is, and it is horribly callous. That's also a bit of an, a, a tacit 
acknowledgement of the climate crisis. That climate change is genuinely <laughs> going to have some really yeah, huge impacts for true. human beings. Amongst a government who's doing everything they can to not achieve anything in that regard. And not only do they believe it's happening, they think it's kind of funny. Uh, it's, yeah. That's a, little, that's a little section of that that I've always thought was sort of slightly glossed over. So Markson has responded and she has said the comments were defamatory. Calling me unhinged in a pit bull, well, I describe my investigative book, my features, my documentary, my dozens of world-exclusive articles as careful and forensic. Speaking of careful and forensic, there was one show that we did where um, Najma and I were having a conversation. Yeah. I've never been so happy I missed an episode, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> we were having a conversation about, what was his name? Oh, oh! so this was a former Lark Distillery and Grilled Burgers founder. CEO, I believe, or founder, yeah, yeah um, Jeff Bainbridge. Yes. He was the guy who um, got one over the Australian, I believe, because he had – or the or – I can't remember whether it was Herald Sun Australian. There was uh, – and they were about to break a story yeah. where he had been caught on video smoking what appeared to be a crack pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very unsavoury and, you know, there was a lot more to it. Anyway, mm-hmm. he had asked them – he'd said, give me 48 hours to come back to you with a response. Yes, yeah. he used that 48 he hours. He used that 48 hours to go to the age. Yeah, and, yeah. And break to the age's Chip, Chip Legrand. Legrand. Um, <laughs> And, and essentially said that he'd been a different version of events, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, you say he got one over on the Australian. It did not no, work out well no, for him. This is what this is why I'm yeah, saying at the time, Cherie it is as though, forensic because yeah. she came. They came back and basically went through that video frame by frame and did to disprove the story that had been printed in the Age, yeah, his yeah. version of events, and prove their own. And not only that, they then trawled the media hmm. to find any positive um, support for him, which also happened to be an initial conversation that Najma <laughs> and I had on Triple R about it. And um, they played that on the Sky Media Show as evidence that all the rest of the media... Had got it wrong. Had got it wrong. <laughs> and that were, was a very stressful few hours in my life when I got a, <laughs> a WhatsApp message from my uncle who who does watch Sky News saying that I had been on it. Mm. Because in that episode, I might have allegedly referred to Cherie Markson as a lizard person. And I thought that's why I was on Sky News. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Nadj Samble, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.